This is My Guys of the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. Happy Fourth of July, Independence Day. Hope everybody's having a great time, staying safe, cashing some tickets today. Welcome into the program, my guys in the desert. Stormy Bon and Tony hanging out with you over the course of the next hour. We are live from downtown Las Vegas at Circus Sportsbook. And you talk about fun on Fremont for the 4th of July. It's been filled. Got a great show on tap. Vinny Maiulo of the South Point Sports Betting Hall of Famer, odds maker. He'll join us midway through the hour. Take us behind the book. Recap what was a really exciting weekend, especially with the full UFC card. The uh, Everything that went down at T-Mobile Arena here in Vegas on the Strip. Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings as well. Lots of NFL futures that we will discuss and recapping the PGA looking ahead to the Open Championship as well. But it's the 4th of July. So we got to start today's top five in the funnest way possible talking about what transpired this morning on the corner of Surf and Stillwell on Coney Island. The Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest 4th of July annual event. Joey Jaws Chestnut earning his 15th Mustard belt, 63 hot dogs and buns consumed today in 10 minutes, stayed under his total of 74 and a half after record 76 a year ago. But arriving to the event on crutches, in a cast, dealing with the humidity and putting a protester in a chokehold midway through the competition, still cleared the field by 15. One better at Caesars threw $8,000 on Chestnut to win at minus 3,000 cash that, you know, $267 in profit there. Jeffrey Esper cashed as a minus 230 favorite in the men's competition without Chestnut. Esper is Major League Eating's second ranked eater in the sport, holding records for pizza and spam, among other things. On the women's side, it was Mickey Sudo who wins her eighth title, reclaiming the belt after a year away from competition at her son. She had 40 hot dogs and buns consumed. Went under any number that you saw available for her. And we saw a big line move in that market as well. Closed around 43 and a half, but opened at 49 and a half. But it's fine. Everybody's making money. 70% of the handle on Mickey Sudo under at any number you got. Number two in today's top five as we turn our attention away from Coney Island. Although it makes me sad. That was so fun. Uh, Kevin Durant. The trade market just continues to shift on this guy. Look out. Raptors Toronto no longer a long shot dark horse in the KD sweepstakes. They opened 35 to 1 on DraftKings to land Durant. The Raptors have surged now to plus 250 over the weekend for the second shortest odds behind Phoenix. The Suns remain your odds on favorite to get KD at minus 130. But Toronto, they got a unique combination of assets that leaves the franchise in a strong position to potentially pull off a second blockbuster trade for a superstar in the last four years. We all know Kawhi Leonard being the other. Brooklyn's odds to keep Durant have gotten longer from 7 to 1 to 10 to 1 along Miami and even the defending champion Golden State Warriors. They're garnering some buzz here. While I know a reunion seems highly unlikely between the two that won a pair of titles together, the Warriors reportedly have been in conversations with Durant. Interestingly enough, it was today, six years ago, that KD announced he would sign with Golden State back in 2016. Number three in today's top five, recapping the weekend's golf results with the John Deere Classic and the Live Portland Invitational. Shout out Wes Reynolds, by the way, and our Long Shots crew. Another winner on the board in the John Deere. JT Poston, who's just the third player in event history with a wire-to-wire victory, pulls off a three-stroke win, completes the tournament 21 under par in Illinois. Poston went from a 40-to-1 pre-tournament shot uh, to an odds-on minus 105 favorite entering the final round. And then as for the Live Golf Tournament, first one stateside in Portland, Brandon Grace with the win at Pumpkin Ridge, shooting 7 under 65 final round, 13 under for the tournament to edge out Carlos Ortiz by three strokes and cash it 
28 to 1 odds. Pre-event favorite Justin Johnson tied Patrick Reed for third at nine under on the weekend. Stacked field coming up for the Scottish Open this week in preparation for the Open Championship at St. Andrews next week. John Rahm, Scotty Scheffler, and Justin Thomas atop the odds board at 12 to 1 favorites. And we will, like I mentioned earlier, discuss that plenty with Jeff Ulrich later on in the hour. Number four in today's top five, the Birmingham Stallions, your 2022 USFL champions. They did not, however, cover the four and a half point spread in the inaugural title game. Skip Holtz's squad defeating the Philadelphia Stars 33 to 30. Bad beat for Stallions betters in the final minute. Birmingham had previously missed an extra point and a 38-yard field goal earlier in the game. Had an opportunity to kick another one in the last 45 seconds. Said, nah, we're going to skip it. If they would have made it, they would have covered. Over 45 and a half comes through uh, after the Stallions and Stars combined for 28 fourth quarter points. Birmingham in the preseason among the third longest shots to win the championship at 7-1. So cash those free season tickets. And last one here, MLB Day Baseball in full swing today. It's been awesome. Six games this morning. The Marlins beat the Nationals early to start the day 3-2. Rangers at Orioles. Baltimore scored seven runs on 12 hits to edge out. Texas 7-6, well over the eight and a half run total. Guardians as a minus 150 favorite closing number end up losing Four to one. Total stays under there. Rays fell to the Red Sox four nothing. Royals, a plus two hundred dog in Houston, have a five nothing lead against the Astros right now. Early in the top of the third, and the Cubs currently lead the Brewers one nothing in the top of fourth. Eight games still to come later on the slate, which we will discuss um, a few potential betting opportunities there as well. But what I want to do here is, you know, in honor of 4th of July, we always like to have a little bit of fun here, but do four NFL futures bets for July 4th. So uh, a few bets that as I was just skimming the odds boards recently, um, I know a lot of futures bets that have already been placed, but I found a few more that I might want to add here to the bet slip. And we will start for my Vegas peeps in the passing yards market and Derek Carr, Raiders quarterback, to lead the league in passing yards. He's 8-1 to one on DraftKings. As always, shop around, though, for the best number. Fourth on the odds board there behind Herbert, Brady, and Mahomes. But coming off a really solid year, he was the league leader in pass yards a good chunk of the season last year. Finished fifth with more than 4,800. And I think he can only add to that with an offensive guru and Josh McDaniels running the ship. His college bestie, Devontae Adams, is the deep downfield threat. Get him the ball in space. He's gone. You're not going to have any growing pains, by the way, with his new number one receiver because not only were they, they best friends and collegiate teammates that had a lot of success together at Fresno State, but a number of off-seasons in their NFL professional careers that they've still gotten together and practiced. Uh, add in Hunter Renfro, the yards after catch that he racks up, Darren Waller. I think that offense is going to be pretty dangerous. And in listening to Odds On a little bit earlier today with Amal Shaw and, and Mike Palm, Amal made the comment that the Raiders' defensive deficiencies, which they have, could lead to a lot of scenarios where they're trailing, need to work their way back into a game, and Derek Carr ends up slinging the football. So that's something that I'll be looking at. Uh, from the AFC West, let's go to the NFC West. I <laughs> loved the number. Minus 130. Wish I could have gotten a little bit more value, but I'm absolutely betting the Cardinals not to make the playoffs next year. Um, I have no confidence in this group whatsoever to complete a full 17-game season. It just doesn't feel like it's in their wheelhouse. I'll be looking for different places as I can to fade them. Their schedule is the second most difficult in the league based on opponent win percentage from last year. I'd be shocked if they didn't get off to an 0-3 start right out the gates against Kansas City. Vegas, who I just talked about, and the defending champion Rams. And then even once they get into a little bit of an easier portion of the schedule, they're still going to be without DeAndre Hopkins another three games who's serving his suspension. What type of player will he be 
when he comes back anyways, especially conditioning wise. We'll see how Hollywood Brown steps up coming over in that trade from the Ravens. I do love James Conner, but there are holes on the offensive line. There are holes defensively. And usually this is a team that we talk about getting off to a hot start to the year. You know, MVP Kyler the first half of the season. Are they going to make the Super Bowl? All of that kind of talk. And then it's the back half of the season where the wheels kind of fall off and things fall apart and Kyler Murray can't stay healthy and Kyler Murray can't be a leader. So if they're already going to struggle the first half of the season, I don't see a lot of reason to want to back them to rally the troops and come together the back half of the year. Um, So that's going to be my approach, certainly. All the offseason back and forth and drama with Kyler as well. So we thought there was turmoil and question marks after this past season. Just wait until they miss the playoffs again next year. Now, I mentioned Hollywood Brown getting traded from the Ravens. I don't think that that Baltimore offense misses a beat, though, even without him. So I've hyped up this Baltimore team a lot already this year. I know whether it's their Super Bowl odds, them to win the division. But now I'm looking at an alternate win total. So the regular win total this year is 9.5, but juice to high heaven around minus 150. Their alternate season win total, 10.5 plus 140. And I absolutely love this. Baltimore last year was the second most banged up team in the entire NFL behind only the Giants based on number of missed snaps and games missed by starters. And at important positions like, hello, Lamar Jackson, the back half of the year, J.K. Dobbins, who both should be back healthy by the time the regular season gets underway. Um, They had eight wins last year before the train came off the tracks injury-wise when they dropped six straight to close out the regular season. And even still, if you look at some of those games, they were right in their grasp. Two-point loss to the Browns, one-point loss to Green Bay, one-point loss to the Rams, overtime loss to the Steelers in the regular season. Solid stable of defensive talent on this team. They also had one of the best drafts this year. There aren't many flaws roster-wise. And speaking of how their season uh, their season opponent win percentage based on last year's results. We talk about that strength of schedule, 474. So bottom third, bottom fourth of the league with ease of schedule and a division that's gone from one of the strongest to one of the biggest question marks. So I really, really like the Ravens. I like the way their schedule plays out, and I think that they can have a really successful year behind a Lamar Jackson if he stays healthy. Last one here in the Super Bowl market. Exact results. The Bills to beat the Packers in Super Bowl 57, 45-1. Love this bet. While both teams did lose their offensive coordinator to head coaching gigs this year, as long as they overcome their kryptonite, so for the Bills, that would be the coin toss, and for the Packers, that would be just the 49ers in general. As long as they can get over that, I think they both make the big game, and I like Buffalo to win it. I mean, you think 13 seconds away from reaching the ultimate, Um, but they're the Super Bowl favorite, 6-1, led by an MVP candidate and Josh Allen at quarterback. They've got a true top wide out in Stefan Diggs, a legit O-line, supported by an elite defense that topped the league in defensive efficiency a season ago, and they just got better adding a guy like Von Miller to that side of the ball and so much more. And then you've got a Packers squad that hasn't won a Super Bowl since 2010, has an elite quarterback who's you're going to feel confident as heck when you've got a back-to-back MVP leading you out on the field, plus desperation plays into this for me as well. Three straight 13-win seasons, but they continue to falter in the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is going to want to get after it and get to the big game. So those are a few. Those are my four futures bets for the fourth to hand out to you there. Uh, got a great show still to come ahead. And remember, if you miss any of this show, any segments, any other show on the network as well, they're available now in podcast form. You can download and subscribe on your own time. Make sure you become a subscriber today to My Guys in the Desert or to our VSIN Best Bets podcast where you can get every show coming up. Some MLB totals where the handle and ticket counts aren't quite on the same page tonight. And Vinny Maiulo of the South Point joins the program. Don't go anywhere. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
My Guys in the Desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of CityCast designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. We've got CityCast in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local CityCast wherever you get your podcast. Welcoming you back here to downtown Las Vegas. My guys in the desert, Stormy Bond and Tony with you. We're talking Splitsville today because there are a few Major League Baseball totals going into tonight's evening action where the handle and ticket count majorities aren't on the same side. And producer Steph pointed out it's a little bit weird because usually we see the majority of ticket counts on the over and the handle with the sharps shifts us to the under. You get a little bit of that sharp money. Things are a little different today. So we'll start with the Cardinals and Braves over under nine and a half tonight. 92% of the handle is on the over the total, but 50% of tickets are back in the under. So you've got Cardinals pitcher Dakota Hudson, Solid ERA overall. He's really struggled lately, though, and is a walk machine. Third most in Major League Baseball this season. He allows a lot of hard contact. Three of his last four starts, the total's gone over this number. Now you're taking on a Braves lineup. It's been really good over the last month. Their pitcher, Kyle Wright, gives the Braves a decent edge. But the Cardinals offensively have been pretty good themselves. So I'm leaning with the handle here. 92% of the people think that's the way we're going in terms of the dollars and cents. So I see this being a higher affair. Let's roll with it. Mariners Padres over under 7.5. 67% of the handle taking the over there. 54% of your tickets, though, betting the under. The total's gone over in four of the last five meetings. Six straight meetings in San Diego. You got Sean Manea and Josh Flexen on their respective hills. Padres just dropped three or four to the Dodgers. Saw largely unders. The bats have struggled. I don't know. I don't really have interest in playing this total personally. I, I like the Padres to bounce back, but no bets in this game. Let's welcome in the man, the myth, the legend himself over at the South Point, Vinny Maiulo, expert odds maker, sports betting Hall of Famer. Speaking of which, real quickly, I got to say thank you so much for setting us up with Sue Schneider last week. She was a tremendous guest, but excited to have you on on this holiday. How's it going? Very good, Stormy. Yes, who uh, wrote me? She enjoyed uh, her uh, her spot on uh, on Vison on my guys with you and Stephanie, and uh, is ready to come back at, uh, at your invitation. But uh, all things are all things are good here today on Fourth of July. Yes, good, absolutely. And I know that as odds makers here in the state of Nevada, we you guys don't book the hot dog eating contest, but that's the talk of the town on days like today. So much fun to see Joey Jaws Chestnut getting the yeah. job done again this morning, but it wasn't without conflict. Like, what did you see watching that thing today? It was crazy. Well, I had a lot of memories. Uh, first of all, we can't book. It's, it's not uh, approved by the Gaming Control Board for booking, so uh, you probably saw some notices that it was, was not available here in Nevada. But I spent quite a few afternoons uh, growing up at Coney Island. What do, you, what do you, Joey knocked off what, 63 today? 63. He didn't approach his record, but he had a deal. He had to put a guy in a chokehold when he just ate his 18th hot dog. It was crazy. Yeah, I heard a buddy of mine in uh, Colorado had uh, over 61 and a half and the knockout. So, uh, <laughs> but I didn't have 63 hot dogs when I was in high school, much less a, a day. So good for him. So you weren't knocking anybody down back in the day when you were getting your Coney Island hot dogs? 
Oh, there were definitely some knockdowns, but it was not for uh, the, it was not in the hot dog eating contest. <laughs> I love it, and I'm very jealous that you got to have a real, authentic Nathan's hot dog on Coney Island. Add that to my bucket list in the future. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the weekend, though, how things went for the books because it was a, a busy weekend between Wimbledon, the UFC 276, mm-hmm. and so much more. So, how did things go from your guys' side of things? Things were good, uh, you know. Stormy, it's it's uh, you know you, you think that with with the uh, the NBA playoffs and the NHL playoffs now gone, is it has it slacked off a little bit? Yes, to some extent, but again, we still have great visitation here in Las Vegas. As you know, being here, uh, we've got a great crowd in for the weekend. So while they're here, they're betting on uh, on everything that's going on during the day. You mentioned not just baseball. Uh, but, uh, you know, the UFC card the other night was extremely popular. A lot of folks were here, even though we, we didn't book it. Uh, nobody books uh, 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 the WWE, but a great crowd here for that. So the folks that were here for that were betting baseball, betting on UFC. And how about some good prices? You know, you had the golf prices. Uh, you know, JT Poston at the John Deere Classic at 40-1. to 1. Uh, uh, Brandon Grace uh, at uh, 30-1 to 1 in, in, the, uh, uh, in the live event. And then NASCAR, Tyler Reddick, twenty-five to one. So there were some prices available uh, on some of the, you know, uh, maybe the, we'll call not as popular betting sports. Mm-hmm. But folks uh, do have their, you know, we do have the niche market for those items, particularly the UFC. So UFC was second only to baseball. Every UFC actually outhandled just about uh, everything else besides baseball over the course of the weekend. And now, of course, today we started uh, uh, Wimbledon's uh, quarters. So a lot of interest there. Um, and, you know, I, I I think one of the side questions that I got asked over uh, earlier today was uh, about football, right, and what's going to happen, you know, which how much uh, interest was there on um, uh, the, uh, the USFL? Yeah. Sorry to say. Not, Not so that much. much. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt uh, bad, Vinny. No, I mean, the, the Canadian. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just joking with Stephanie earlier um, before the weekend that I was like, how bad am I to say that I don't even know who's playing in this game? Like that I work in the, this sport and I love football. It's one of my favorite sports and I just didn't watch a lot of USFL. I watched like half of one game one time and I just didn't have the interest in it. So I can see why a lot of betters probably didn't either. But that game, it seemed like the championship game at least ended on a high note. Do you think that maybe interest will improve a little bit more going into next year just because there there is more familiarity and maybe they get a little bit more name value and recognition? That's a great question, and, and I'm I'm certainly going to keep an eye on that uh, as well, Stormy. But I'll tell you what, they'll have another challenge next year. I mean, obviously the time of year, uh, but I believe the XFL uh, is going to relaunch uh, next year. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Because, and let's face it, the XFL with the marketing machine mm-hmm. that is. In, involved with that, you know, with uh, uh, with Vince McMahon, uh, I've, I've got to tell you, that's uh, going to be a daunting task. So um, I'm not so sure, to be honest. I mean, the uh, the Canadian Football League this week uh, was pre- I have to be honest with you, it was uh, it was about a, a better than a 30 to one ratio uh, compared to uh, uh, the uh, uh, the championship game. So 
unfortunately, uh, but uh, we wish them well. I mean, it's yeah. another offering, and uh, uh, hope they uh, hope they uh, you know get more successful next year. Absolutely, and uh, the NFL obviously will be here before we know it. I'm sure there's plenty of people coming up to the ticket counter trying to get in on some of those NFL futures bets. Then yeah. we see earlier today the Las Vegas Review Journal running a story about Vegas being the number one NFL getaway, and there are a number of reasons associated with that as well. So football will certainly have have no need coming into when it comes to handle coming up. Oh, not at all. And, and, you know, it's interesting. And I did read the article today uh, in, in the RJ, a uh, good article and had number uh, Las Vegas uh, rated number one uh, for a, an NFL destination event weekend or, or, you know, whenever the games are, you know, Monday night and things. But I think it's, it's so much, it's, it's, it's not just the betting obviously, because a lot of cities now, uh, have betting in, in, uh, in, in terms of legal sports betting and things like that, Stormy. But what I think we're going to see is as, as Las Vegas continues to get strong, stronger and stronger as a, a destination uh, and a resort destination. There are so many things that go along with it. It's not just the game and the betting on the game. It's all of the other entertainment, shopping, dining, and and frankly, the other gaming offerings that go with it. It's like what we focus on here at South Point. Yes, we obviously work in the sportsbook area, but it's about the overall property experience. Well, you take it a step farther now. It's about the entire Las Vegas experience, and I think folks uh, have uh, you know are, are enjoying that. And when you can tie in a, a Raiders football game with that, then uh, it, there's no real shock that Las Vegas, uh, you know, is, uh, is is atop that. I mean, there's a lot of great destinations around the country, but uh, very proud of the, uh, of the way we uh, put the uh, the product on the on the field here. And again, in terms of football, I will tell you this: so far this summer, with, with the folks that are coming in and betting on college and pro football, um, I looked today right before I came on the air. College football is a bit ahead of pro football right now. And I'm talking about if you combine weeks one for college and pro football, regular season wins and futures, college football is, and I'll tell you why, significant amount of that handle is on the college football games of the year, uh, which were posted here by Chris Andrews uh, and myself and Jimmy Vaccaro uh, less than a month ago. So right now, college is is uh, got a slight lead over NFL, but I think that'll narrow as we get further into the summer. Really interesting. Great stuff, as always. You guys do a tremendous job over at the South Point. Uh, appreciate you so much, Vinny, and go get a hot dog for me, my man. I'll tell you what, two, not 63. <laughs> I I make no promises. I'm going for the record later on tonight, let me tell you. Uh Great stuff from Vinny, as always, and just talking about Las Vegas being a destination. I mean, that stadium at Allegiant Stadium is incredible. That's that's why they wanted to have the NFL draft here, the city and what it is and the ambiance in Vegas. It's really cool to see how this place has turned into such a sports town. We will continue our betting side of the conversation with Jeff Ulrich when we come back. One play in Major League Baseball I really like as well. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
Welcome back to My Guys in the Desert. This segment brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine. Nicotine pouches are smoke-free and spit-free and made with food-grade ingredients. Simply open the child-resistant lid and place the pouch between your upper lip and gum for up to one hour of real nicotine satisfaction. Zinn's available in 10 varieties and two strengths, three milligrams for fresh nicotine satisfaction and six for even more enjoyment. It's simple and discreet. You can enjoy Zinn anywhere, anytime. Find your freedom, find your satisfaction, find your Zinn. Visit Zinn.com, that's Z-Y-N.com to learn more and find Zinn nicotine pouches near you. Zinn pouches are only for adults 21 and up who currently use tobacco or nicotine. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Time for Taken by Stormy as we welcome you back to downtown Las Vegas and Circa Resort and Casino. Stormy Bon and Tony here. My lone play of the day is on the Blue Jays run line today at the Oakland A's. Toronto fresh off, dropping three straight games to the Rays. Should be motivated to take out that frustration on a bad team in Oakland today. Alec Manoa on the hill, a real bright spot for an otherwise struggling pitching department. 209 ERA sub two on the road. In his last eight starts, Toronto 6-2. Those lost just to the Red Sox and Yankees. Five of those six wins have come by two or more runs, but the bats backing him up. Oakland has one of the worst offenses in the league against him. They're 30th in OPS, 29th in run scored, and just a brutal run differential this season. They've also lost 10 of their last 13 games straight up, six of them on the run line. And in the last nine games, Cole Irvin has played. The A's are 0-9. Seven of those nine losses, run line losses. He has been significantly better at home than on the road, but I just don't see the A's having it today. I like Toronto to get the job done on the run line. I might even throw a sprinkle on the alternate minus two and a half run line at plus 115. Uh, I just really like them today. Can't tell you, can't tell you more. I, I hate when I like a favorite as much as I do, but I'm rolling with Toronto. Speaking of our brethren from up north, always excited to talk ball with our guy Jeff Ulrich, uh, NFL and PGA betting and fantasy analyst over at DraftKings at the Fantasy Grind on Twitter. I know for for those of us who are U.S. born, we're all celebrating Fourth of July, but it was Canada Canada Day weekend for you. I'm, we should have just swapped this. Had you on Friday, change things out. But thanks for joining us today, Jeff. How are you? No, no worries. I mean, I'm happy to fill in so, you know, my, my American friends can can all take the day off and stuff like that. Except you, I guess. I mean, you don't get the day off, Stormy. But um, yeah, no, happy happy to come in. And uh, yeah, it's it's been it's like a, I get like double long weekends because, you know, I get the Canada Day and then I, I feel like I get the America Day off here, too, because, you know, everyone I know is American. So. <laughs> Do you still get in like is it Friday and Monday? You got like the full long weekend full of hot dogs and, and hamburgers or what's your guys's traditions typically? Same? Yeah, it's kind of similar. It's just like a big long weekend. It kind of feels like you know, it's it's usually just a three day, but it's it sometimes it feels like four days. People stretch it out as long as possible. It also coincides with the end of school, so kids are everywhere and stuff like that. So it's it's similar. Maybe just a little less fireworks in Canada, but otherwise it's pretty similar. Yeah, reminder everybody, please stay safe out there. Jeez, we don't yes. need there just the amount of accidents that happened today. Don't like it. Um, I wanted to start off with you, Jeff, because something that we talked about last week that as a San Francisco 49ers fan I'm very drawn to we're going to talk some NFL futures here but you mentioned yep. Trey Lance is one of those MVP right. long shots you liked at 15 to 1 you also did a fantasy write-up this week talking about not only Trey Lance but a number of 49ers players that you think there's intrigue in in the fantasy market coming up this coming season so from a betting and fantasy perspective why are the 49ers a team that you've really honed in on and targeting to follow next year 
Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that the, the 49ers, like for me, the, there's a lot of intrigue. And especially, you know, if we're talking about fantasy off the top, you know, Trey Lance to me is just at a depressed price point where I think there's still the Jimmy Garoppolo threat that people are just scared off a bit by, by right now. And then there's also the fact that, you know, it's just that he's a raw prospect and, and people just don't like to just, you know, bet on things that they haven't seen before. And it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of the year that Patrick Mahomes finally got the reins handed to him with Alex Smith. And, and you know, th- there was just there was a lot of sort of th- there was obviously people knew that Mahomes was a, a really good prospect, much like I think people know Lance is a prospect. But there's also like, you know, a lot of rawness there. And there was reports that he wasn't looking so good in training camp at the time. And it reminds me a lot with what the 49ers are going through right now. Let's not forget this 49er team. You know, despite having Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback all last year and realistically, like, you know, missing a couple players, they got to the the conference, the conference finals and and just about, you know, they, they, they were one scoring drive away from getting to the Super Bowl. I think this team is better next year. Um, I, I think that George Kittle, if he can stay healthy, has a bounce back year. I'm not even sure if I'm too worried about what happens with Debo Samuel with this team. They had Brandon Ayuk. Juwan Jennings is a player I kind of like, too. So. Um, I think the main intrigue is with Trey Lance. I think that with what he can do with his legs, again, average 12 carries in his two starts last year. That's Jalen Hurts type numbers. That is the major upside that you're looking at with Lance here. If Trey Lance can continue with that kind of rushing upside mm-hmm. and put together even just an above average passing season, his stats are going to put him in elite company. And by elite company, I mean he will be in like the, the top five quarterbacks of the season and with the type of team that San Francisco has, um, I think they can absolutely put together some type of like 13, 14 win season. Last thing you look at the NFC West, who we got, we got the Seattle Seahawks who are getting punked by the U S open tennis account on Twitter. Right now you've got the Arizona Cardinals, a team. I just don't really like that much. To be honest, I don't like Kyler Murray doing this stuff off field. Cliff Kingsbury clearly doesn't really have the house in order that much. And they're, they're without DeAndre Hopkins. I just don't see that offense being that functional to start the year. And then I think the Rams are, are just due for regression. I think this is an, a bit of an older team. Matthew Stafford, yeah, he played 17 games last year, played through injuries again. But can they, you know, they're, they're just so star dependent. I think the Rams could easily fall back a couple wins. I think this division is the 49ers for the taking. I think Trey Lance, if that happens, will be in a really, really good spot for a big year. Yeah, and 4-1 to division odds, very attractive for San Francisco. I talked off the top about how the Cardinals are a team that I am looking to fade next year for a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned. And we always talk about Arizona as a team that has success in the first half of the year and then can't hold on to it for a variety of reasons. But this year, their schedule is just so tough right off the hop, and they're going to be missing D-Hop, like you mentioned, very early for the first six games of the season with that suspension that he's serving so I like a lot of your angles there I certainly hope you're right as a 49ers fan as somebody who likes to bet on the team that she roots for um I think that all of those things would be great I just do have a lot of question marks about Trey Lance but he has that that boom or bust capability right so is he going to grow and and learn and get better that is certainly the hope and you see uh, a great quarterback elevate an average team all the time I think a great team can elevate an average quarterback and if he grows within that and reaches his peak ceiling I think it could be a really really cool year Um, in addition to a lot of the general futures markets that we talk about with win totals division odds DraftKings also has a ton out for quarterback specifics uh, especially looking at the passing yards is something that I've really dialed into over the last handful of days and weeks um are there any quarterbacks that you're looking to buy in on for their overs for the passing yards that odds makers have set where you see some players could exceed those numbers 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, what one trend I think that the, you really kind of just need to point out in the NFL right now in like these days is just the success, not necessarily like the team success, although there is some team success, but the the offensive success that the Sean McVay coaching tree is starting to have. Uh, it starts with Zach Thompson in Cincinnati, and uh, you know Joe Burrow is is definitely going to be a player that I'm I'm not I'm not going to be going under on at all. Um, I, I, in fact, you know his prop, I believe it's at forty four fifty point five. I'd be quite fine going over on Joe Burrow. I think I think the Bengals could have just much like the 49ers. I think the Bengals could just be better next year than they were last year. Um, this is a team that you know addressed its main weakness this offseason, which was the offensive line. Now you're giving Joe Burrow who isn't coming into this year off major knee surgery and has a better offensive line and is now going to have a year under his belt with Jamar Chase and the pros, um, you know, extra time basically just to prepare. Yeah, I, I think that the Bengals are going to be absolutely fire on offense this year. Uh, Joe Burrow is a player I'm definitely going over on. And again, sticking with that Sean McVay coaching tree, Kevin O'Connell out in Minnesota, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> uh, he's not my favorite player either, but 4,200 yards, uh, 4,200 yards, 0.5 yards, Let's go over that. I mean, this is a player who, under Mike Zimmer's like caveman style offense, was hitting overs on this sometimes anyways. He's got Justin Jefferson, a, a player who, you know, might be the best receiver in the game right now or close to it, second to Cooper Cup. Um, he's got Adam Thielen there. And now he's got this guy who's actually probably going to take advantage of his downfield throwing prowess. Um, I, I think that Kirk Cousins over that number is, is a very nice bet as well. So I'm just high on the Vikings offense next year. Again, you know, we'll see. It's a rookie head coach. Are they going to have team success? I don't know. But I think Kirk Cousins will put up some yardage. And I'm definitely going to go over on that 4,200-yard mark, like I said. And then Daniel Jones is going to be the third one. Obviously getting a new head coach, too. Not off the McVay coaching tree necessarily, but Brian Dabble. You like where he's coming from. Obviously, turn Josh Allen around out in Buffalo. Um, I think Daniel Jones is a player who, yeah, we got injury concerns here. And that one concerns me a little bit on the over on this one. But this number at uh, 3650.5 is just too low. There's, you know, you look at that number and there's no way I'm taking the under on it. So I got to go over on Daniel Jones. If he stays healthy for even 16 games, he's got the weapons. He's got Galladay. He's got Tony. I like that one too. If there was a year for things to come together for him, it certainly feels like this is the opportunity. Let's see what you can do. Uh, okay. You're going to stick around for the last segment, right? Yes. Awesome. More with Jeff no here. To go. <laughs> there, bless you. Uh, yeah. More with Jeff in just a few minutes. I've got a couple more NFL questions for him. And then looking ahead to some PGA as well. The Open Championship coming up in just about a week. The Scottish Open this week, as well as the Barbasol. So don't go anywhere. More NFL and PGA ahead with Jeff Ulrich over at DraftKings. So go anywhere. Listen to my guys in the desert with Stormy Bonantoni on v the sports betting network. The v summer special is here for just $19. You get everything v has to offer now to the end of July. Sign up today. You get v daily best bets, including Adam Burke's daily MLB picks, NFL preseason coverage, premium articles on golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, so much more. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which also has our daily emails, point spread weekly, and use of our betting tools and video live stream whenever you want it, just $19. Become a subscriber today through July 31st at VEASAN.com slash summer. It's really easy. 
Join the fun. Stormy Tony live with you, my guys in the desert at Circa Sportsbook, joined by Jeff Ulrich of DraftKings over at his home base. And Jeff, I was just looking up at the screen a second ago here. We've got a bunch of TVs on and like nothing feels more America and 4th of July to me than starting the day with the hot dog eating contest. It's followed up on ESPN by the American Cornhole League competition, the final chase. And then we have Major League Baseball on all evening and throughout the course of the day. It's just very America's pastime with America's questionable future. <laughs> and, and hey, sometimes somehow like, you know, baseball has the best athletes of those three. Right. So, I mean, it's. It's crazy. Crushing yeah. it. Good, good for baseball in this one instance, I guess. I love it. Oh, no. What a day. What a day. Uh, but before we left there for the break, we were talking uh, a lot of NFL futures. And you mentioned three names in the passing game market. Joe Burrow, Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones. Guys that you were targeting for their overpassing yards going into next year. Are there any guys that you're trying to fade? Whether it's like passing yards under, interceptions thrown, anything like that that you've looked at? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we can't take, we can't all only take overs. I mean, in, in all honesty, <laughs> it's more fun, but it yes. is, it's so much fun, but um, you know, the, the unders is often the better value, especially when you're looking at like player props and stuff like that, because you know, they, they set these totals a little bit higher and, and they don't, they, you know, it's a, it's football, right? Like guys get injured all the time. Mm-hmm. So we got to bake, we got to, we got to work that in. And, and there's definitely some players I'm, I'm looking to take the under on uh, Matt Ryan, you know, the, the lineup at DraftKings right now, 3950 uh, 0.5. You know, I, I don't mind this spot for Matt Ryan. Like, you know, the Indianapolis Colts are, are going to be a good team. They got a good offensive line. But, I mean, Carson Wentz played 17 games with this team last year. And he threw for about 3,700 yards. He threw for just over 3,700 yards. And I just don't know what more Matt Ryan is going to bring to the table. Um, this is a team in the in the Colts who just, they want to run the ball. And they're going to have some easy games against the Texans and things like that. I think it's going to lead to low passing volume. I want nothing to do with the over on Matt Ryan. I also will throw in, like, you know, they did sign Nick Foles. It's quite a capable backup in case, you know, there's injury or, you know, even just a slight hint of injury with Matt Ryan. You could see him rest the game here or there. So Matt Ryan under is an easy one for me. Um, Tua Tagliovoa, um, 4,000 yards basically is, is what is over-under set at uh, on DraftKings right now, 4,000.5. I'm going to take the under here too. Mm-hmm. I like Tua, I do, but this is a big total for him. And the, the Dolphins... They got some tough matchups. They got to play the Patriots and the and the Bills four times. Like those are really tough secondaries. I think Tua is going to have trouble putting up passing yardage against those teams. So give me the under on him too. And then my last one for for the yardage, it's going to be Jameis Winston. And I think this one is I, I'm not going to call it a lock or something, but like a gift. Thirty <laughs> three thousand seven hundred fifty yards for Jameis Winston. For a team that ranked dead last in passing yards last year and was third last in passing attempts as a team, what is going to change so much that they're going to start passing the ball? You've got a quarterback coming in off an ACL injury. Let's not forget the Saints went out and got Andy Dalton um, to to back up. I mean, that's a specific move to give them some depth in case they don't like a, a Winston game. And we know how much Winston likes throwing picks. So. I just don't know. If, like He'd need to play in all 17 games. I'm not confident of that. The Saints would need to throw the ball a bit more. I'm not confident of that. I think that one's an easy over to, under, excuse me, too. You know, we talk about players who are boom or bust. Jameis Winston is like both of those in a same game. <laughs> like he can oh, yeah. be... In, in like a quarter, right? Yeah, I mean, it's he, incredible. <laughs> he's great for fantasy. I mean, or he was great on like the, the high volume passing offenses, right? Because he'd, he'd throw the couple picks and he'd come back and he'd throw two touchdowns. But... You know, for for a passing over prop right now, 
I just got to remind people like the saints, they just, I don't, you know, their, their coach is their defensive coordinator from last year. I assume we're going to see much of the same plans implemented. I don't think you're going to see a big change in offense. So I, I think that again, you know, that, that kind of yardage with Winston and again, coming off an ACL injury, you got to factor that in. It's, it's just too big for me. Yeah, coming off the injury, no more Sean Payton over there. And then the other names that you mentioned too, Matt Ryan, you said it, the Colts run through their run game and Jonathan Taylor. And for Tua Tonga Vailoa, there's a lot of high expectations for him because he doesn't have excuses anymore with the talent that they've surrounded him on offense. But can he live up to that is a huge question. We'll do next time that you're on the show, we'll get through some touchdowns, interceptions, keep continuing our NFL preview. But I wanted to make sure we turn our attention back to golf it was a, a very interesting weekend this past weekend with the John Deere Classic, JT Poston going wire to wire, which you don't see every day. But that was really interesting because the field was not what we're accustomed to seeing. It's a very natural resting spot for a lot of players on the PGA as they get set for this week and next week with the Open Championship upcoming midway through July. But the Scottish Open coming up this week. So what's your feel for the field this week? A lot of star power uh, and some names that you might be targeting. Yeah, so if you're looking at the golf field this week, and I mean, you should be. There's not that many sports on, and it's it's, it's going to be a great event. Honestly, like, you know, you, you can stay up late watching this stuff. It's over in Scotland. It's a pure links course at the Renaissance Club. Honestly, it's an awesome venue. If you don't watch much golf and you staying up late, you should put this on because it, it's a lot of fun. But I'm going to remind people before they start throwing in bets, it's links golf. And in links golf, man, like anything can happen. Wave advantages can happen. The wind can come off the North Sea and just create havoc. And there is a little bit of havoc in the forecast, especially on the weekend with like gusts over 20 miles per hour. So it's going to be fun to watch for for betting. It's going to be a little bit um, a, a little bit, obviously, like, uh, you know, chaotic and stuff like that. But some names I like for sure. I mean, Tommy Fleetwood at plus 5,000, I think is definitely a player I should have your eye on here. He lost in a playoff at this event two years ago. He's been playing really good most of the year. He's, he's coming off like a kind of a bad miscut at the U.S. Open. But this is a player who uh, good around the green game, good approach game. It's exactly what you want from a Lynx player. He's got a ton of experience. So plus 5,000 for Tommy Fleetwood. That's probably my favorite bet on the board right now. And I would not hesitate to bet Jordan Spieth at plus 2,500 on the links mm -hmm. either. Um, in, in my opinion, Jordan Spieth is probably like a top three links player in the world. He's got an amazing open championship record. This is actually his first time coming over to play the Scottish Open before the open championship. He usually doesn't do this, but you know he's come over early with his boys, JT and, and, and Fowler, and he's gotten some prep in in Ireland. And I just, you know, when, when you get good numbers on Jordan Spieth on the links, you should probably take him. So, you know, to me, he looks undervalued there uh, just based on his experience. And he's played well this year. I don't have a problem with that. So those are two players I'm definitely targeting at the top. But this is an event. I mean, Minwoo Lee won this event last year at like, you know, pretty big number. You can look further back. And the guy I don't mind taking a chance on here is Victor Perez, multiple time winner on the uh, on the Euro Tour there, the DP World Tour. Um, very talented golfer. He's plus uh, 11,000 on the DraftKings Sportsbook. He could absolutely get it done. You get the right side of the draw. You get him on a links course. Victor Perez, a Frenchman. Uh, I think that's worthy of a bet. I think he's just a little bit too big in this field. So some outrights there that I think are going to be live this week. Like I said, Fleetwood is a guy I'm very much targeting. He's well overdue for a win. Got a ton of experience on this course. Absolutely. What are some things that you're going to be looking for watching this week's competition to help change or make you want to reinvest in some other players for the open championship coming in next week. And I'm yeah. sure you already have some bets that are going, but other things like skill sets that you'll specifically be looking for as well for next week. 
You know, it, it's a good thing to bring up. If, if you're looking at the Open Championship odds, most of the winners of the Open Championship played the week before at the Scottish Open. One of the only one of the only winners of like the past decade who didn't play the week before either the Scottish Open or on the PGA was actually Jordan Spieth in 2017. So playing this week is a big thing. Like just to have your guy in the field and prepped, that's big. I don't necessarily need to see them having a good week. You know, if they make the cut and they, if they they finish T40, that's fine. If you got a player you, you have an eye on. Uh, for the Open in two weeks at St. Andrews, and he's in the field, or in one week, excuse me, in St. Andrews, and he's in the field, and he makes the cut, and he looks okay, you bet him next week. You should almost hope that he doesn't do that well, because then his odds will stay down for you. So just getting him in the field here is a big thing. But there is one player I'm going to take a chance on next week who's actually not in the field for the Scottish Open after I give that big spiel, <laughs> and it's Adam Scott. Adam Scott is is his own cat, though. Like, I, I don't mind doing this with Adam Scott. He's a guy who's very meticulous in his prep. He's also played the Open about a million times, so I don't think playing the Scottish Open is really going to help Adam Scott. He's already over at the old course. He's plus 6,500. It's a player who was T14 at the U.S. Open. He was like a birdie or two. He was just getting really close there at the end uh, at the country club a couple weeks ago. So Adam Scott, he's played well the entire season. You you kind of listen to what he's been doing. He is very, very focused on getting that last major. It's a player who blew the open way back in 2002. Um, and I do mean blow. Like, he bogeyed the last four holes to blow a, a three-shot lead. So he's well overdue to, to, to get another shot here at the open. I think he's going to be very live in two weeks at St. Andrews. He's plus 6,500. I think he's just way, way undervalued there. Uh, at that number. And I really like him for the open. You're the man. Thanks for hanging out with us for the last half hour. You are awesome. Appreciate you. Uh, no, thanks a lot for having me on. I appreciate it as always. That is our guy, Jeff Ulrich at the fantasy grind on Twitter. Great stuff. As always, that's a wrap for today's July 4th edition of my guys in the desert coming up rush hour. Danielle Alvari on the mic. Give my girl some love coming up here. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> 